Welcome to another episode of the Fifth Quarter Conversations Beyond the X's and O's with Layson Perkins and Jeff Ostrin. And uh, we are at the end of the college basketball season. We have champions in both the men's and, and women's Division One, and uh, uh, what an exciting uh, set of games over the, the last couple of days for us to enjoy, huh, Jeff? It is. It's kind of sad that March Madness ends like both men's and women's are over. Luckily, this weekend's the Masters, but the realization that uh, there's no more basketball for a while. Um, but yeah, it was, again, great tournaments. Um, you know, let's start with the men's game. Let's talk. Kansas Jayhawks and the Tar Heels from Carolina. What'd you think? You know, all, everybody kept saying with with Carolina's win against Duke that they had spent a lot of emotional energy, you know, and they just, you know, they, they, people weren't sure, you know, they would come out and, you know, would they be ready to play? Well, I think they quickly answered that. You know, they – you know, Kansas jumped out early. Then they, then Carolina, was, you know, just slowly got into it. Eventually, had a double-digit lead. It, 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 obviously, it was sad to see uh, Baycott's injury. You know, there late in the game because I mean, what you know, talk about resilience and grit going out in that game plan. I mean, he'll be a Carolina hero. You know, just for for that, for playing through that energy, that um, that injury. But then, of course, for for him to go and you know turn the ankle again at a very critical moment. Just, yeah, it's hard to, hard to watch and, and hard to, hard to believe. It's almost kind of like Zion blowing out his shoe, you know, in, in terms of just the, the impact, but uh, you know, so much credit to Kansas for really just, uh, you know, walking out in that second half and just, uh, you know, basically taking control back and then holding it, th- holding it through the end. I mean, it's, uh, it makes you wonder what, uh, you know, Bill Self really said in that locker room. Yeah, those are the parts I love is exactly what you say. You know, what did Self say? Because he can't go off on them crazy. Did he appeal to them and the Kansas fans and the banners? Because, you know, it's going to end in 20 minutes. But, I mean, Bill Self, and it's come out more and more recently, universally is accepted as one of the better, if not top few, XL coaches and one who makes great adjustments. But I think the hardest part was getting that momentum back, and they did it. They really came out, executed. Um, I felt bad. I can't believe I'm saying this as a dookie. I felt bad for Caroline and Hubert. It was such a great story. You know, for him, he'll retire with a winning record against Coach K. You know, he ruined the closing Cameron. He ruined the NCA. So I think he is loved forever and ever. Start the statue for Hubert. He, uh, it, the only thing about the storybook is that he couldn't hold on and win it. No, I mean, you know, and just think about, you know, some people said the irony of, Kansas winning the national championship and, you know, getting the, you know, the trophy from Emirate and of course just the whole behind the scenes, you know, issues with, you know, the, the, the level one, um, you know, you know, level one accusations against Kansas, you know, it's almost kind of like, you know, this is your, this is your poster child winning, 
you know, the national championship, you know, and, and what do you, what do you have to say about that? Just when you think Emirate can't get any worse, he called them the Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and it is. It's a, I, I think they're more than allegations. Everybody mentioned if it's Will Wade and LSU, if it's Sean Miller and Arizona, everyone was guilty. They've got them. But now he had to hand the trophy to someone you think soon is going to get sanctions, you know, and they'll slap them on the wrist. Will it be anything? But again, Bill Self, uh, to his credit, he got his team there and, and they came through the tournament. They were, and he said it wasn't his most talented team, which I agree, but he said it was their most together. And to come back from that deficit, it was really impressive. Well, you know, you know, they were also playing for that the, the 2019 team, the the or, you know the one that, you know, as when COVID hit, they were on such a great run, and you know, were, were the odds-on favorite to, to win the tournament at that point. So, you know, definitely they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder, you know, in in essence. And I mean, who's to say if Baylor and Gonzaga, you know, survive? Is are, are we talking about a different whole different conversation here? Right. You know, the 2019, if there's one thing we've learned, it's you can take nothing for granted. They, maybe they would have won, maybe not. You know, was, uh, Kentucky probably had big dreams till they ran into Peacock Nation. And, exactly. you know, the only thing you can worry about is now, you know, and, and this is the part you'll do all summer is what if. Yeah. You know, if you're Baylor, what if you didn't have all those injuries? Houston, what if you don't lose your two top scores in December? You know, Mark Few, I don't know. He had everything going. He just had a stinker of a game. But yeah. this is, you know, the what if. Calipari, literally, if they play 100 times, they beat him 99. But yeah. he ran into that. Yeah, I'm going over. You know, if, if, if uh, that injury doesn't occur, how competitive right. are they in that game against, against Kansas? So, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of what-ifs discussed over the, the next couple of weeks. Let's jump over to the women's side, um, South Carolina and UConn. You know, obviously, a lot of people are thinking, hey, this is Gino's moment. Gino owns, you know, this time of the year. Not so much this year. No, 11-0, which if you think about it, 11-0 in national championship games where – Arguably, you have the two best and hottest teams, and he hadn't lost. Like, 11-0 is crazy. I thought, you know, Don Staley, South Carolina has the most talent. Uh, but again, I wouldn't have bet against Gino. I think, to me, the game wasn't great. South Carolina jumped them, came out right away. Um, their guards defended. And then every time Gino would cut it, cut it, you know, South Carolina would make a run. And um, he just, I don't know. There were too many no-shows in that game for UConn to win to me. The AZ Fudd, who was, you know, the number one high school player, um, didn't go through shoot-arounds. She was sick. Uh, Westbrook didn't play well. Uh, there, there were so many things that I kept thinking. I'm shocked that he's still in the game. But yeah. – South Carolina talent won out. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's your what else right there. You know, if if you've got a fully 
fully healthy UConn team, how much of a difference does that does that make in this in this tournament this year? Yeah, it, it really does, and and you can never take it for granted. You just don't know. And to me, Gino was really one. I think he's aged. I don't know health or whatever, but he's really deep. And when he was young and cocky, and he knew he would make all these runs, and now. I don't know how many he's got left in him. Like he, I think he was really appreciative of the fact the team got there. Yeah. So now we'll be kind of on a watch, I guess, to see if Gino makes a, uh, you know, a victory lap here in the next year or so with, uh, you know, with his career. Let's um, so let's get into off the court coaching changes, things that are happening. Um, What is going on with this trend of going and getting these, I don't want to say, recycled coaches, but there just seems to be a trend now that ADs are going with these older coaches that have been, you know, been there, done that. Yeah. Steve Lavend is back. My main man, Bill McGillis hires himself a a winner. I think you're going to get credibility. And, And to your point, are these ADs saying, Hey, like a CEO approach, I'm hiring a proven head coach. You guys go get three recruiters. You know, together we'll deal with boosters and all of those things. But maybe it's the CEO approach and they're not gambling on, you know, on younger players. Like Lavin goes UCLA, St. John's TV. And again, it's a gamble. San Diego's a hard job, especially with the conference. But... Uh, he wants to make it big, and uh, Steve Lavin's going to get him attention. Oh, no doubt. And I, I think the other the other shocker for me was the Butler hire with that Nana, because you know for for the longest time there were health issues, you know, w- with him, and I, I guess everything's okay for him to to coach now. Yeah, you don't know. You fingers crossed. You hope he's better. And what they were, we'll probably never know. But as far as a coach, yeah, he's as good as there is. And Butler's lost. I mean, obviously, they couldn't stay on the trajectory. They were on with Brad, but they've really fallen off. And they want to go with someone experienced and see if they can get something back. And, you know, the Big East isn't what it was. Uh, So, you know, you saw Providence make a good run and probably get back on the national stage. You know, can Butler do that? These days with the transfer portal, it might not be that long. What about your LSU Tigers? Give us <laughs> a update there. They're, uh, let's just say they're in need of a player or two. Uh, or 12. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, the entire team is in the, in the transfer portal. Right now, you and I could be their backcourt. I mean, we could be Tigers. Yeah, how about that? You have no players on your roster. I haven't looked them up online. I'm sure they've still got last year's posted. But they currently have no players. No. And, and that, you know, again, I think Scott Woodard knew that when he hired Matt, that this is not going to be an easy, easy fix. These, these first, you know, this first year or two. Now, you know, it, we now know it's confirmed. Cody Toppert's on the staff. Uh, Ronnie Hamilton's on the staff. 
those are some guys that know how to tell. I mean, Cody is the, one of the best at developing players. So the players that are coming there are going to get developed. They're going to get better. And then, of course, they're going to get some talent. I mean, it, it's LSU. Let's, let's, let's be real. It's LSU. They're going to use their resources to get some good players there. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't take two to three years. You know, hopefully, you know, it's, it's a one year and then you make those steps. But, yeah, and, and, and then the top, you know, to top it off with the state of Louisiana, the story today about Grambling State and the, the women's volleyball program with the coach getting rid of everybody. I mean, a new coach comes in, she holds three days of practice and basically meets with each player and says, we're not renewing your scholarship. That is just unbelievable. I sure hope the AD, the SID knew what was coming. But, you know, I, I find it funny that some kids, in women's basketball, the number just broke 1,000. The men are past it. But some of these, there's not enough scholarships out there for the kids. But some kids try to hold the school hostage that I'm going to the portal, but I might come back. Well, the Grambling volleyball coach said, yeah, you're not good enough. They hired me for a reason, and you're all in the portal. It's, uh, that's, that's amazing. Let me go back to a point, Lacen, with you. You mentioned skill development with Cody at LSU. How important is that right now? Guys are staying one year, maybe two years. Isn't it all about getting players? I, it has to be. It, it has to be because this is not, you know, unless you're a smaller program where you know you're going to have players for three to four years and that you can develop them. Yeah, you, it, you, you just got to get the players. It's not like you can grow them and build them, you know, you know during the, the time that you have. Right. And for them, they're obviously going portal, probably a couple high school kids. I think the skill will be getting them to play hard, getting them to play together. But at a LSU or one of those high ones, skill development, don't get me wrong, of course, is important. But sometimes you're having those kids on your campus less than a year, you know, maybe max two years uh, for the Supers. So it, it's a unique blend. Um, now, I will say in the case for Cody, though, now, you know, he has NBA experience. And this is, this is a guy that has developed NBA players. So, you know, that's a big selling point, I think, when you walk in to, you know, a home of a player who is, you think is probably, you know, a, a one and done. And to be able to say, look, we're going to get you ready for the league. You know, we, we will get you ready because we've got somebody here who's done it multiple times, who's, who's worked in the league. And so, yeah, I, I think that is, uh, th that has to be kind of the, 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 you know, in some ways the, the, the value add that, uh, that, that uh, Matt would be able to, to bring to, conversations but um let's go back also now let's go back to our coaching changes because within the last couple of days there was an announcement at duke which I thought was very interesting we have a D division one head coach leaving a job to take a job as an assistant at duke but they're not a full-time well not a full assistant but they are a special assistant what what are your thoughts about mike shiragi leaving uh, it's unique um, and again, we don't know everything, but with Nolan Smith, his relationship to Kenny Payne, they said uh, Louisville brings him in as an associate and opened up the vault. I just can't see Duke losing an assistant because of money. There's more to it than that. 
that I just don't believe. Maybe he felt he should be moved to an associate or he should have something else. Um, and I had talked with a friend before that you knew Shire had to have moves ready. Uh, and he got himself a head coach. He's going to have, you know, his three recruiters on the road and hired him as, quote, a special assistant, which means probably game preparation, you know, answering questions, in-game coaching. So I think great hire. You know, to me, the unique thing with Coach K, everything with Coach K that's gone on and the pageantry, everything's great. But when that buzzer sounded, the John Shire era began. That night in the hotel, it's, you know, you pay your respects to Coach K and all of that. But his time, you know, is now. And with Nolan leaving, does that make any players think twice about coming back? Uh, he's killing it recruiting. Uh, his 23s are going off the chart. and uh, But now the pressure turns up. Oh, no doubt. Of course, I keep, keep jokingly thinking that Coach K might pull a Tom Brady here. <laughs> a couple of, couple of weeks from now, we hear he's he's changing his mind or you know, something. Along. I you know I doubt that would happen, you know. But it, it, the thought did cross my mind. Right. I mean, and it's it, it's really going to be unique because the pressure squarely is on John. If you look at what Hubert did, you can't do much better. The pressure is on John Shire in a big way right now. Not just replacing Kay, but what your buddy down the road just did. It's uh, it's going to be unique. And, you know, we talked just briefly about skill development. And now I think recruiting, it's probably less for these guys talking about an NCAA championship and getting a ring and helping us win. It's all about the NIL. It's all about NBA, like how you mentioned Cody. I don't think they're going in the home and say, you know, with you at our two guard, we can really contend for an NCAA championship. Well, coach, that's great. But what's the NILs look like? And, you know, they're selling something different. I know we, the fans and March Madness is the single greatest event, but these guys aren't there for that. They're, like you said, Cody selling them. I can develop you and get you ready for the league. When you're here, you know, you'll you'll rep some TV, car places. You know, you'll make money. It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, you're going to make money. You're going to find a job somewhere because how many front office positions are held by Duke, former Duke players right now? I mean, Trajan Langdon, right. you know, with the Pelicans, uh, you know, Danny Ferry, you know, Elton Brand, different, different you know, Duke players that are, you know, in the league. But um, here's my question. What does John Shire have to do the first year for the Duke faithful to feel like this was the right decision? He better beat Carolina. Uh, let's start <laughs> there. I mean, again, he's recruited a great class. He followed up by potentially another great class. So check. That's good because people question, can Duke recruit without K? Next, when he comes out to, you know, and the fans are in Krzyzewskiville, can he win? I'd make sure opening day was against uh, little sisters from the poor that you can beat them. You better win opening day. 
uh, non-conference, you would hope they're going to be ready. But he's got a young team, and that's if they're healthy. Uh, I just think if you said, what does he have to do? Make the tournament. If someone said, ah, he's out in the Sweet 16, is that good enough? I guess it depends what Hubert's going to follow up with. Oh, yeah. I think you, you've you got your barometer, you know, basically you're, you're measuring your measurement right across 15501. And, and that's what he's going to be, like you said, that's what he's going to be judged against is what can he do with this team as compared to what Hubert has done you know, in his first year at Carolina. And, and I'm sure there's going to be some two people that think Final Four are, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was not a good year. And then at that point, it's, okay, is it year two? Is it year three? What happens if we get to about year four and we, we don't have a Final Four or we're not in a national championship game? Do the conversation start? We, we might want to start looking in another direction. Right, because Coach K's influence probably dies down year four, year five, the longer it goes. And if he doesn't produce at a high level, right, Coach K would have done it different. I already read this morning there will be some noticeable changes to the offense. And that might have come from exactly from him. So, again, that's great. But at the end of the day, you better win. Um you know, and a lot of these one and dones, you know, I think they'll be smart the way they look at the portal because they'll need some help, it looks like, with all of those guys leaving. And it's going to be hard. But Hubert, yeah, that's the funniest thing that this rivalry will be great. But Hubert just dropped the mic. I mean, to do what he did, and it's not that his team was loaded with 12 deep. Huber was limited. He just got those guys to buy in and play well at the right time. I was going to say, if, if you know, you, you heard the conversation, at, you know, at, at the timeout, uh, you know, when he was asked, you know, in the, his answer, that right there is going to draw players. Like that's the kind of coach I want to play for. Can John Shire have that same charisma and same type of energy that when, you know, like you said, when he walks into a, a living room? And, and, and sits down with a family. Is he going to be able to have that same charisma as, you know, again, I'm, they're two different people. I get it. But, you know, let's, at, at the end of the day, if, if that player doesn't feel a connection, you know, with him, it, it's, it's, it's not going to go as far as, as you would think. Yeah. It, with Coach K and the leadership and I'll take your son and make him a man, that's easy. It's going to be interesting what John Shire sells and how he sells it. Because right now, if you were on the bubble, you're a Hubert fan. Like he was really good, exciting. That passion came through. And uh, I think it was Baycott they interviewed. They said, yeah, Hubert's never cursed. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's going to resonate with some people. And what's John's pitch? You know, the Duke Brotherhood, of course. But all of his opponents are going to say, that's great. Duke brotherhood is the greatest thing. But if you're not getting drafted to go to the pros, if you're not winning, okay, well, you know, is the brotherhood enough for you if they're not winning? Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about, I know we had a couple different things that we want to kind of touch on. We do. One, we one do. Thing- well, first, we got to talk about Montford. 
national yes. champions. Yes, congratulations. Girls and boys basketball. Girls, first time ever. For the boys, we are the back-to-back-to-back national championship. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a special weekend. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the Eagles, both games were a little nerve-wracking at times, but uh, it was great. little parade on campus. They've had a banner week. And uh, I told someone it's just great when you see young people that work so hard to accomplish their goals. And uh, Montverde boys dealt with some adversity, but uh, comes through at the end. So uh, hats off to them. But what I want to start with you, Layson, I hire you, maybe LSU is a bad example. I hire you to be the coach of my beloved Tennessee Vols. Do you cheat? You know, are you going to cheat to get players and to try to win championships. You know, the question is, eh, okay. Uh, it, back in our day, they used to fire you, show cause, you couldn't coach. But are you going to cheat if I hire you to coach my Vols? I guess let's define cheat. Let's, let's you, define what, 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 what do we mean by cheating? All right. Are you going to be in the business of arranging because now paying players, you can pay them through NIL. That's one thing. But let's say if it's NCA regulations about open period and viewing and contact, all those I think are small, but just renegade. As far as a lot of these programs are getting players that mommy or daddy or a handler or somebody is getting paid. Well, I mean, it is an SEC. So I guess I, I would want I wouldn't want to be an outlier and not do it. <laughs> right? It's like school, it's like chemistry. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Exactly. Um you know, there's this there's this part of me that's like, you know, I, I want to live by the, you know, I, I want to live right and do the right things. But I also know that if at the end of the day that if I'm not winning, you know, there's going to be the conversation one day where the AD calls me to the office and says, we're, we're making a, we're, we're, we're changing the direction of the program. And so I think that I can't say I would, I can't say that I wouldn't. I, I mean, just because I don't know what I would do in that situation, depending on where I was at financially Maybe it was, yeah, maybe this is my, my, my dream job, that I've wanted to be the coach of Tennessee, you know, for all of my life. Then I'm probably thinking, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find every way to get as close to the, to, to the edge without going over the edge. You know, and, 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 and I guess kind of the little things. I mean, you know, let's say, you know, a couple extra meals here, some gear, things like that. Now, I mean, of course, we know there's been some things that just gone way over the top. You know, I, I, I don't know if I would go in that direction, but I'm I'm going to get as close to the edge as possible, you know, and, and try, you know, to, to keep it as such so that I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going, I'm not going to be putting the spotlight on the program, you know, and having folks from Indianapolis in my office, you know, sitting down and interviewing me and my staff. Right, because they do live in the SEC, you know, tongue in cheek. But it's interesting, the – 
I think the fine line, everyone's going over it on the nickel dime stuff, the bigger issues. When you get a job in college, you will be fired. It's just a matter of time. You may outrun the law and take a better job or another job or soft landing has really become popular now. Shaka Smart, we touched on those things. But there's, and I'm not saying it's the head coach doing it himself, but I think more and more people are cheating are breaking the NCA rules and they're doing it. And they, if they know the AD's coming down the hall, they're going to take another job before he knocks on your door. Um, but it's the money's crazy these days. I think people are just, you know, caught up in winning and how many people will say they don't break any rules. I think that number is far and few between, but let me ask you this. You're the AD. Do the ADs know those guys are cheating at Arizona, LSU, um, Kansas? Do those ADs in their gut know their guys are cheating? Of course, because they're looking at the same uh, ticket sales, boosters. You know, they're sitting in those booster meetings going with that big money guy that's saying, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to, I'd love to write a check here for that new practice facility or you know, I don't, I'm not sure how you're going to pay for the women's lacrosse program this coming year, but, you know, we can make that happen, but we need to see some results. So, of course, I, of course they are. With the licensing and, and everything, uh, yeah, it, it's it, – I'm just not convinced that, that, that they know. I, I think they know, and they, but they also know that the system's flawed itself. And so, so it's, it's what we it's, – it's the rules that we have to operate with, but I don't necessarily like the rules. Yeah, I think ADs know they probably, you know, don't want to hear things. They coach, I want you, Lason, here's the keys. Make sure you run our program in a proper manner. But side note, you better win because, like you said, we need the boosters. We need girls lacrosse. And if they don't know, they should know. Like, I just believe Arizona AD. They know. They know what's going on. But, again, what do you do about it? Because if you're going to be the AD that makes your coach toe the line, no extra benefit on anything, you're going to lose. And then eventually, if your football and men's basketball don't win, they're firing you as an AD. So I think they know. And if they don't, shame on them. But I don't think they truly care. I think Kansas AD, what's going to happen is Bill, Bill Self, my prediction, Self's going to sign a long-term deal, lifetime, whatever we want to call it. Sanctions will come out. They'll suspend them, slap them on the wrist. But in another four or five years, he'll make another run. Boosters will be happy. Ticket sales go up. And I think... That's that's where the game is these days. But I, I think here's the, here's the here's the I guess the the flip side with with those ads is that going into that conversation with the you know with these coaches and going hey look number one don't be hitting on you know the wives of uh, board of trustees you know members don't you know no drinking no no drinking and driving 
no, you know, sexual, you know, sexual assault, sexual, you know, harassment, you know, keep it under control. I, I mean, that's what I understand with, you know, with different coaches who have been pulled over for DWIs over the years. It's like, you've got all these managers. I, the, the one thing I would do is hire, if I'm going out and drinking, I'm bringing one of my lower, you know, lower staff members. You're my driver. You're my, de- my designated driver. Get, you know, get me home. Go you know, get or, McDonald's, sit in the parking lot, and I'll tell you when I'm done. And these days, with Uber, with Lyft, with everything, it's easy. But let's say you don't want to put yourself there. When Mike Dean was at uh, uh, Siena, and this uh, – no, it was Kevin O'Neill. When he was coaching early on, he had – and Mike Dean ended up doing it. He had a manager sleep in the basketball office in case the phone rang. So you're telling me you're that forward thinking that you want someone there, but you can't say, I'm going to the pub on the corner. You sit in the car, you be here. Like, I'm with you. I don't get it. There's certain scandals that you can control. That's that's the easiest one to me. Yeah, and and you're exactly right. Or that's where... Let's be honest. I mean, if, let's, if, if we're going to be really realist here, that's what your big money people are for, is to make sure that if there is something, it never sees the light of day. Mm-hmm. It is. All right, so while we touched on Mr. Emirate and the NCAA. By the way, did you notice the, fr- the front row? Because maybe my wife made the comment, she's like, who are all those stiff-looking people there on the in the front row? I'm like, What's the NCAA president for one thing? I don't know who the rest of them are, but you know, I guess they're all NCAA officials. Yeah, or someone that paid a lot of sponsor money. That was uh, in the women's basketball game. Well, Aaliyah Boston was the best player in MVP. But when Holly Rowe from ESPN said, and I'd like to announce the 2022 MVP of the Final Four, Aaliyah Edwards, and who plays for UConn, and everyone kind of just paused and looked, and she caught herself and was like, I mean, Aaliyah Boston, Aaliyah Boston. And then with Emirate and the Kansas City Jayhawks, it was, yeah, big stage, uh, a little crack. But if you're the NCAA, Layson, things are going south. The transfer portal, each side's over 1,000. You're taking heat from everywhere NIL is out of control. Uh, I don't know his name, but the quarterback was from Texas, goes to USC, signs a million dollars in NIL. He throws three passes. He's going now transferred back to the University of Texas, another million in NIL. He doesn't have to take a hit. He's got $2 million. So the NCAA under attack, what do you do? I give you the key. You're the NCAA. How do you fix things? Well, I'd say for the for the for, for the for the power five, it's like, you know what? You guys go on your own, form your own organization. Good luck. We're gonna we're gonna focus on division two and down. The division one non-power fives. We have March Madness. So the power five, I don't know if it's 64, 66, 100 schools. After you get rid of 100 or 120 to the big boy division, the other 200, you keep them, and then you play your own tournaments? Yeah, yeah. Let's say, okay, you keep the Ivy League. You keep the Patriot League. uh, You keep the Southland Conference. uh, 
I think I would think for just the financial reasons, you would want to keep keep the HBCs. You know the you know the the MIAC and the uh, the SWAC. You know for for financing. And then I mean, yes. And then hey, everybody else, go 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 cut your own deals. Go get your own and you know go go take care of yourself. Yeah, there'll be people that stay, and just because of the pure numbers, the MAC conference with two A's. They're going to stay because they can't afford to compete. And by the way, St. Peter's great run. My guy, Doug Eddard, is in the transfer portal. You know, now that his coach left. Uh, so Doug. Well, I have a feeling he's probably going to go to Seton Hall anyway, right? Most Would it surprise you that the majority of those players go to Seton Hall? That's the trend right now. As soon as a coach leaves, people go to the portal, and then they follow the coach, men's and women's. Um you know, how much does Seton Hall have left? How good are they? What's their needs? Um, but, yeah, Doug was fun. But I agree. I think you let the top 120 or so go, and then you just start going, okay, we're going to rebuild this thing. We're going to have rules because the Siennas of the world, they don't want all this crazy NIL expense paying players. They like being in their nice little box, and that's okay. You're not going to get – the future NBA guys, but you're going to have good competitive games without the supers. Yeah. And and even if you do have an NBA player, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not that it would be a completely bad thing. I mean, it's still, it's, it, it would almost be like a situation, I guess, where, you know, you, you weren't really, all of a sudden this player blooms. Let's say like Damian Lillard, you know, at at Weber state, you know, it wasn't like he was coming in and, He's a five star, and yeah, he's he's a, he's gonna be a one and done. You know, again, that's where your player development comes in because they're gonna be there for four years, and all of a sudden, yeah, it looks like this this player does have a chance to you know, if not play here, obviously to go play overseas. But uh, yes, I, I just think there's so many, there's just been so much negativity, negative around the NCA. It, it, you know, it, it, it's like almost like Billis is constantly looking for something. You know, to, you know, to say about the about the organization, I, I would be very. I would love to see a a, a forward looking leader who would take over the NCAA and go and say, you know what, we're changing, we're we're throwing this model away, and here's the new model moving forward. It, it's going to help colleges control salaries because the St. Peters they can't keep paying and paying all these coaches. It's you need to somehow get control, you know, and maybe it's viewed as triple A baseball versus the majors. Oh, well, but there's a lot of people that would be very happy. I think one of the things I would do, obviously, Coach K is the popular name to be the czar of men's basketball. But they better figure it out quick. I don't know if you I always thought, you know, if you want to make an NCAA rule book, you come up with all these things. You hand it to Tarkanian and Barry Switzer and say, how would you get around these rules? And now you can really make it. But before, if I'm the NCA, before this thing blows up, I would get people together, take suggestions, critical eye, no hurt feelings, but they've got to come up with something better because the transfer portal right now, they got tired of being in the, Yes or no, you don't have to sit out, you do. And it it just turned into a mess. So they figured, okay, everybody's eligible. 
well, great. That first year, now we've got a thousand kids on each side. It's, it's out of control. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think it's going to get better. No, I, I agree with you. Here's one for you. And I haven't seen him play. He's good. Very good. He's not a one and done. Bronny James. Now, the younger James, they said his younger brother's going to be very, very good. But would you recruit Bronny James knowing what's coming with it? Depends on where I'm at. Good I, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. If I'm, if I'm one of those Power 5 schools, I, I don't necessarily need the extra financial incentive that's coming along with it. But if I'm a borderline school, maybe? You know, knowing that that, you know, that there's going to be some certain perks that we would, you know, I mean, let's just be honest here. It's, you know, dad's going to come in and, and make sure that things are supported. You know, right. we're going to get great. You're going to get great gear. You're going to get exposure. You know, you're, you're probably going to be on TV and some maybe some, you know, in some um, games that maybe weren't televised before. Suddenly now you're going to get televised. The question is, as a coach, how do you and LeBron get along? You know, where where do you draw the line at? Okay, let me coach him. Let me, you know, let me do my job and just be dad and enjoy the games. Because I doubt that's going to happen. It, it's, it, it, may, it may end up starting becoming the conversations like you and I have been having recently. <laughs> it is. I think, again, I agree. Say you're a bottom half SEC. If you're Ole Miss or someone, do you take Bronny? There's a lot of the positives you just said, but does that all of a sudden speed up to you getting fired? Because LeBron's in the newspaper, he flew in for the game, but you disciplined his son because he was five minutes late for class. Even though those are the standards that you set, LeBron flew in, now Bronny's not playing, Bronny's not happy, or, uh, you know, Bronny's not as good as Tony, but he's Bronny James. I, I think some coaches, maybe near the end of their contract, they don't want to mess with it because of the circus coming to town. No, no, no doubt. And, and then again, if I'm a younger coach, I, I mean, I might want to be able to say, yeah, I coach LeBron James' you know, son. And, you know, there's some there possible, the, you know, the prestige and, you know, the, the the social media explosion that you would get, you know, now does that become a recruiting tool that, hey, you know, you have a chance to play, you know, with LeBron James' son. And all, again, all the perks that's going to come with that. You know, I, again, I think that's going to be, that's, that's going to be a potential selling point, which then becomes, okay, now we're going to sell more ticket, season tickets. You know, we're going to put, have more money in the athletic fund, but at what cost? No, great point. Because your courtside seats, you're raising the prices because LeBron may be coming in. Yeah, and just think about it. Okay, right there, you have a certain section of seats. How much are you willing to pay to be able to sit next to LeBron James and watch a game? Right. That's premium. I'm like, I could probably, I, I, I could probably pay for the the lacrosse program or the tennis program just with that, you know, that one game or you know, just a, a couple of games there. Let's assume every SEC has their floor seats, especially the first couple rolls are sold out every year with extremely wealthy boosters. 
LeBron signs with Ole Miss. Uh, Bronny signs with Ole Miss. Okay, technically those seats are full. Well, you know LeBron's going to say, okay, raise the prices by whatever, and now let's, you know, LeBron's going to get his. But just the the booster socials knowing LeBron James is going to be at the booster social and I could be at the booster social. You're right. You can fund some sports with a floor seat, with a meet and greet and things like that. I think ADs would want Bronny in because that's easy. It's the head coach. You're the consigliere for John Shire. You tell John Shire to recruit Bronny? Yes. I say no. I say come in second. I say you don't – he's going to have enough on his plate. You're at Duke. I don't think – I mean, let's just – and again, we're being unfair. Let's say he's good. He's not a one-and-done difference maker. I don't. I think John Shire is going to have his head spinning. Uh, I don't know if you want that circus coming to town. But but you know you know LeBron had a good relationship with Coach K. Don't you you, you got to think that he is talking to Coach K and going, hey, look, I wanted you know I didn't get to come play at Duke, but I'd like for my son to play at Duke. Absolutely. How do we make it happen? You know, how do we make it happen? Yeah, <laughs> that's those are tough conversations. If you're John Shire, you owe Coach K because he got you the job. Sorry, Tommy Amaker, but. It's it's tough if you in your heart don't want him. Because, again, how much does John Shire lean on Coach K? Or does he want to be his own man? Eventually, there's going to become a point where he's got to tell Coach K, nope, I'm going to do option A, or I don't want Bronny, or it's eventually that's going to happen. No, no, it, it will. And I, I think that'll... Like you said, I think that will be a huge. Yeah, I mean, does he do it? You know, when you know when things have just pretty much, I won't say go, you know, have, have just fallen apart, and now he realizes, okay, I've tried doing it this way, now I've got to really, really change it up. So, uh, now that's an interesting one, and, and yeah, it's it's going to be. A, I would think he would be more of a West Coast that he, you know, well, of course, right now I don't, I don't know if LeBron's going to be still playing in LA. You know, after this season, after the you know, after the way things have gone, so has anybody played LA for the Lakers? <laughs> I didn't think they play. I didn't think anybody played this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll save the NBA track for for another day in time. But uh, no, because they have a worse record than my New York Knicks. Like that's enough right there. Yeah, some tells me there will be a book about this season coming out at at some point. I would love to hear the. Love to hear the backstory on this one. Um, what next? What are, what are, what other questions you have? Well, those were my main ones. I've come up. I have a working list, Layson, of thought-provoking questions. Something that you know that just catches you off guard. That maybe makes you think a little bit. So, give me a number between one and sixty-five. Let's see what we come up with for tonight. All right, let's go 27. 27. What personal prisons have you built out of fears? Ooh. Right. Pretty good question, Coach O. 
What personal? And I don't. I haven't looked at this forever, so it's not like I cheated. What personal prisons have you built out of fears? You know, I would say the first one is a fear of being rejected by not putting myself out at certain points in my career as a coach of, of going, trying to get to the college level. But, but I also made an, an intentional decision not to, because I know for a lot of coaches, this could be a, it's, it's almost like a nomadic lifestyle where you're, you know, you're one city one year, the, you're in another city the next year, you know, five, I, I forgot, I was watching a clinic, uh, I was watching a clinic last night with a, uh, an assistant from Baylor, and he said he it, it worked, you know, five different jobs in seven years, you know, and I, my wife and I decided we didn't want that type of lifestyle, and so I would say that would be the biggest one. I think the second one is a fear of 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 being of not being liked, because I think early on as a I know early on as a coach I was you know I, I think that when you're young you're you're, you're you know, you can relate to the players a, a lot easier and it, you can become buddy, buddy, almost buddy, buddy with them. But then that moment comes, you know, that you have to really correct and teach and you kind of lose the respect, you know, because now you're not viewed as a leader. You're, you're viewed more as a friend. I'd say those would be the two big, those would be the two biggest ones I face. How about you? Yeah, tough. And I had a couple extra minutes to think while you were talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Next time I'll go first. Uh, no, that's all right. I, again, for me, being offered a, a head coach at a D1, I think I got caught up in worrying about what I didn't have. I was worried about administration. I was worried about academic standards. There was a lot of things I really worked myself up because I didn't want to fail at it because – I was one of those guys that go, God, that's a great job. And all of a sudden, why are they losing? And I think for me, it was the fear of I could fail at this. And I don't know. So I built up too many walls, paranoia walls about those fears. And then the other one that popped into my mind, like for me, I try to take good from my dad and my mom. But and, and try to leave some of the bad, of course. But I think as a parent, I have certain fears for my son. Like I want him to turn out, you know, a certain way being not job wise, but respectful and kind and, you know, the way he carries himself. So I do have that little worry at times that, OK, I do need to be a little bit harder, but it's a fine line of being hard or not hard enough. So those would be my, those two are the ones that popped into my mind. You know, that's interesting. And, you know, as you're kind of talking about that, as, as I was kind of sharing my experience, I was, I wanted to kind of ask you this. We know a lot of coaches who, I, I guess you could say their lifers, like Al Brown. I mean, let's think about, you know, you know, Al, who's been in this business for a while. And then you have other ones who, you know, a mutual friend of ours who recently, you know, got is getting out of the business. I mean, he's burned out. He's just, as he put, he's like, he just does not like 
putting his income and his job security in the hands of someone else. How do you balance that? How, how, how do you survive in this business? I guess it, it's, it's probably the, the bigger question here. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, to be a lifer, you know, and, and, and it's amazing. Some of these coaches, men are in their 70s, and obviously they incorporate their spouse and kids and all of that. But it's hard. Uh, the article I read on Shire, he said it's going to be interesting. They know he's a coach, but now when his kids go to school, half the class, half the third grade class is going to be happy when when Duke loses, that her daddy lost. And just different things about going to games and listening and the crowd. Um yeah, the lifestyle, because you do miss a lot of things because you're not home and you're on the road, you're traveling, and it's uh, eventually money doesn't really matter. I wanted to be a present parent. I think, again, once they're out of high school, not that you're not part of it, but they're, they're having their own lives. So to look back, eventually of keep chasing my dream at what cost do you make that sacrifice first okay family is really important my child's really important more so than my dream it's not about the headlines and press clippings and things like that and i think a lot of people are still doing it um you know chasing jobs chasing dreams these days, you're relying on kids. You could have a great team, all freshmen, but they're all going to the portal. You know, kids make bad choices. And now with social media, the Internet, it's, you know, eventually coaches, you know, will be the fall guy. And um, so it's hard. I, I, I agree the nomadic to, to see someone that's done it for a lifetime or you know, X amount of years. It's, it's amazing. Okay. So now end of this end of college basketball season, how are you going to get your, your basketball fix over the, the next couple of, I guess, really next couple of months. What's, what's your plan? I really enjoy a couple of people on Twitter and I can look them up, but I forget who will post video clips of certain actions. And I still just, I'll email it to myself or direct message myself. And uh, you just play the what if game and how you would defend it, what you would do different. And uh, so from that aspect, that's probably my biggest thing. Without it, I, I still love reading. And not necessarily does it have to be by a coach. But uh, that gets me through the offseason. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm on House of Cards again. So I've started that to try to get me through the offseason. But, yeah, there's nothing better when the basketball preview magazines come out and, and we can start again. No, absolutely. And, and you know, speaking of these clips, you know, or my uh, Gibson, Gibson Piper, who uh, I was fortunate to, to work with at uh, – at my previous job, just came out with his NCAA package and uh, has basically all the teams broken down, all their sets. So let's plug it. Give him a plug. He's yeah, we're definitely, I definitely want to give him a plug. I mean, Gibson just does a phenomenal job. And you're right. I mean, there's there's so many great 
and somebody asked me the other day, well, why aren't you doing, why aren't you doing breakdown or why aren't you doing, you know, stuff anymore or content? I'm like, because there's so many other good people out there doing stuff right now, like Ido Singer and, uh, you know, from Europe, there's a, a coach from Slovenia, Luca, Luca Basin and, and others who are uh, Matt Hackenberg. I mean, there's Tony Miller. There's just so many good ones that are, that are putting content out, but uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to watching, you know, catching up on all the yearly games that, that I've kind of missed over the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, obviously the NBA, of course, I'm hoping the Pelicans can get the play in because I'd love to, you know, I'd love to see my guy in the, you know, go a little, you know, a little deeper in the playoffs. But, you know, I, I you know, we don't know if that will happen or not. But, uh, and yeah, reading, you know, it's like really kind of sitting down and doing a, you know, reading, doing some deep dive. I'm, I'm really focusing more in around player development now. And, you know, as you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, I'm going back and looking at stuff that, that Cody's put together, but, you know, some of these guys on the internet that uh, and, and on, that have uh, YouTube channels and look at some of their videos. And there's some great content out there. That's, a, that's another conversation from another day is, is these personal trainers. And just some of the, the clowns. Some of them, I'll just, I'm gonna be, I'm just going to be honest, they're clowns. They're just they're good. All they are the media marketers. They're not teachers. But there's some guys out there that I think are just do a phenomenal job teaching. And, and I love to see what they're putting out. But, yeah, just some of them, I'm just like, you're just a, you're just you're just a social media star. You're you're, you're not you're not you're not helping the game. Yeah, yeah. YouTube's a great one, but yeah, it's just expanding reading for me. I just uh, I just got it here. I think I got it for you. I just got it for me. Uh, Jesse Cole, find your yellow tux, the Savannah bananas, and yes, talking about standing out, how to be successful. And for me, sometimes I don't take a lunch break. I just kind of work through it. But what I want to do is literally turn off my computer and just read for 30 minutes just to get my fix that way to, again, I think it will benefit me as a parent, as a podcaster, as, you know, coach advice. Um, You know, the other thing I had uh, someone reach out to me who wants to jump to college so I'm going to try to help him get into the college ranks, just things like that. Um, you know, this podcast is great. It's, you know, we could have done one pure basketball and join the masses, but I think with our guests and advice and soft skills, if it's resume or making the shift or how you know you're ready to go to become a head coach, I think that's our way of, of passing the off season. No, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I know that we've got some other things that we want to do, which, you know, at some point we'll, we'll roll out uh, to everybody. And, you know, again, we just want to continue to grow. We want to give value. We, we, we want to share ideas and, and, and really get you to challenge your thinking. I, I think that's just something as coaches that we have to do. We can't rest on what we've learned. We have to continually look not just within, you know, within their, our, our sport, but outside our sport. There was a, and I'll share this. Um, I'll, I'll try to find the, the link again, but uh, I want to say, uh, anyway, it's um, Shane Parrish, uh, who runs a site called um, Farm Street Blog, had a, um, a tweet that he put out about a speech about multidisciplinary thinking. And several people said it was one of the best pieces that they've ever read. And some of the things that uh, 
that were mentioned in that article. So I think going out and reading stuff like that and not just, just sitting there and looking at X and O stuff, I, I think you have to balance it. You know, you, you have to find a balance. You have to find, I think you have to find things that challenge your thinking, you know, and, and really either confirm, you know, confirm what you're already doing or now put you in a position, position of, well, let me take a look at this as well and see if this fits or where this might fit. No, that's a great point. You know, why do we do things we do because our parents did them or we thought this or we were told to do it? Um, and it might have been right five years ago. It might have been 10 years ago. It might have been right yesterday. But is it the right thing for today? And and again, it's not just coaching. It's parenting. It's living a life, a meaningful life that I think you do have to reevaluate and either you'll be more convicted in what you're doing or you're open to changing. Absolutely. I mean, just that, that message right there ties in with, with, you know, what Aiden McCollins talked about in his book and, and just, you know, how, you know, change is a constant. So coaches, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the fifth quarter conversations beyond the X's and O's. Um, like I said, we've got some new ideas coming out here over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully you'll, You'll join us for it. I, I, I'll go ahead and kind of drop a hint for, for some for, for some for listeners. It's probably going to involve X's and O's. We've been kind of holding off, but I think we have an idea for X's and O's I think would be really fun. It would give also you as a listener a chance to be involved as well because we're going to uh, we're really going to just uh, throw something out that uh, I'd seen before in a clinic setting, and I think it would be fun. It would be just a great way to, to share knowledge and ideas. Jeff, anything else before we before we shut her down? No, another great night. Uh, we got the Masters this weekend. Uh, before it started, I took Scotty Scheffler, and uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Uh, Yankees open tomorrow, so I'm always trying yes. to find. Always something. hopeful this time of year, right? I'm always hopeful. How long does that? How long? How long does it last? How, how long will it last this year? What do you? What, what's the prediction? Again, I mean, we lost to the Boston Pink Sox in the wild card. Uh, but it will go from hopeful to depression to anger back to hopeful. It's it's just a cycle, but I love it. I renewed my MLB package, and uh, I can't wait. It'll be fun. All right. Sounds good. Again, coaches, thank you for, for being a part of this, and we'll connect with you again soon.